On today's episode of Double Down Trent, Aaron and I look back at a crazy week of picks in college football. We found out that Auburn may be just not quite ready to compete with some of the other SEC heavies. We also found out that the Big Ten's offense is absolutely anemic. We look forward to this week as we preview some really excellent games highlighted by the Red River Shootout, Oklahoma and Texas, as well as LSU and Auburn as the Tigers try and bounce back. Not to mention Notre Dame, USC, throwback to the Reggie Bush, Matt Liner push days. And then for our second segment, we are welcoming back on NFL insider Coulter as we look back at our key picks that we went head-to-head on, Saints, Bucks, and then we make our picks and preview the NFL MVP, so stay Stick around for episode 52. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double down Trent. Let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as always. Once again, I am joined by my co-host Aaron, a.k.a. The Model. Air, my man, how are you feeling after last week's results? Uh, Not great, Bob. (laughs) Not great. I had just an absolute brutal week betting some games. I'm not sure what happened. The training wheels basically came off in mid-bike ride, and I went down and went down hard. I'm not sure I can get back up. Crashed and burned hard, man. Uh, Myself wasn't all that much better. We'll save it for the, uh, the reveal of how our picks did. I can no longer say that I maintained my sharp gambler status. I might have fallen off slightly, uh, but it is what it is. Um, Real quick, though, let's just jump in. Let's do some uh, housekeeping before we jump into this week's topics. Yep. So to always plug the podcast, you uh, can find us on wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify. Uh, give us a follow. Give us a review. We would love that. If you give us a review, we will read it on this podcast and give you a shout out. It really helps other people find the podcast and gets us out to more ears. We would love that. We are also on social media. We're doing Twitter at Double Down Corp and Instagram at Double Down Trent. Not super active on Instagram, but we do have a bunch of Twitter action, so come check that out. And then uh, check out the website, doubledowntrent.com. You can find the man versus model competition. You can join in this uh, competition we're doing over the course of the NFL NCAA football season. Uh, and you can see if you can go up against us and see how you do. Yeah, and if anyone will retweet on Twitter, our episode link to get some other people to listen, take a screenshot of your retweet, tweet it back at us. We will give you a shout out on next week's episode. We're trying to spread the love that way. So thanks for everyone who's listening. Thanks for everyone who's playing along. We really do appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. We're looking forward to uh, keeping it running and getting more listeners here. Now, Mr. Model, I've got two things for you before we jump into our main segments here. Okay. First of all, we are recording this episode Wednesday night. It is about 7.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right. By the time that the listeners will be hearing this episode, we will have known whether the Washington Nationals are continuing on in the playoffs or if they are going home. They are playing Game 5 tonight in L.A. 
What is your take as a longtime Nationals fan? How do you feel about the game? I am nervous. I am anxious. And I'm optimistic. We have Strasburg going tonight. Yep. Scherzer had a phenomenal game last night and got us to this point. God, he was amazing. He pitches balls off. Oh, man. I am just going to think that we are going to show up. Soto, Rendon, Kendrick, the boys. Zimmerman had a phenomenal game last night, too. His home run was huge. I think they are going to pull it together. I think they are going to eke out an upset, and I think we're going to be moving on and taking the Dodgers. That's my take. I like it, man. I'm a little nervous, but I think the pressure is off the Nationals tonight. Historically, when they've been in this situation, they were the better team. They're playing at home. They have a history of losing these game fives at home. I think if this game was in Washington and the Dodgers jumped out to a one nothing lead, that place would be dead silent. It would feel like yeah. a funeral home. I think the fact that it's in L.A., L.A. was the much better team the regular season. They got the best record in the NL. All the pressure is on them. Strasburg, he pitched an incredible game last week. He was, I think he was throwing a perfect game through four and I think two-thirds innings. Yep. You just got to hope he's got something similar to that tonight. And I think he's going to come through. Now, the Dodgers have Walker Bueller. He is a freak of nature as well. He's got nasty stuff. You just hope that we can get an early lead on these guys and Strasburg can come through. I'm feeling confident, but I'm going to be very nervous. Agreed. Okay. Now, moving on to topic number two. And for the listeners, this was not on our agenda. This is something that we are getting Aaron's pure, unfiltered reaction to. (laughs) I'm a little nervous. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel being in our fantasy football league and my team is five and oh baby. Woo! Oh God. You know, I'll have to admit last night I went to the league standings and just took a little peek. I've been trying not to look because I've just been doing utterly trash garbage. My team is not doing well at all. And I just wanted to take a peek to see what was happening. And lo and behold, much to my chagrin, you are the only undefeated first place team and you're dominating right now. I hate it. I hate it a lot. I squeaked out a victory this week, but I am pure domination mode. I'm on the verge of accomplishing something that may never have been done in the history of fantasy football. And that is an undefeated season. (laughs) Not happening. No chance. (laughs) That's what you would like. (laughs) It is five weeks down five and oh, I am hot. No chance. No chance. I don't know, man. Well, I just wanted to throw it in there before we jumped into our main topics tonight. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's look back at the games that we did last week and review some of the listener submissions. Okay. So great. So we picked five games last week and let's go through those first. Um, The first game that we had was Penn State as a huge home favorite over Purdue. Penn State minus 27 and a half. Um, You and I were both on the same page. We both had taken Penn State, and sure enough, they came through and covered, and that was my only win. I loved it. Your only win. Yeah, we were both on them. Brutal. Okay. So the second game was actually one of the better games of the weekend. Florida was home uh, as an underdog, plus three against a visiting Auburn, minus three. You and I were both on Auburn here, minus three, and they did not cover. What do you think? Yeah, this was really tough for me. The Biggest point 
contention for me. Auburn was a team that I was riding, and I have a just credo in gambling. When you're on a hot team, you ride them until they lose, and they lost. It's one of those games, though, that I really wish I, I had looked at a little closer because, you know, when you see Auburn going to the swamp as a three-point favorite, it's a really tough situation. They got a rookie quarterback, and Bo Nix, that was the first time he really looked like a, a freshman quarterback. He made a lot of errors. They made him look really pedestrian. And Florida came out just ready to roll in that game. Swamp was loud. It was a tough place to play. I wish I had seen some of those angles, but Auburn was hot. So now that really creates some interesting dynamics in the SEC here for the rest of the season because I thought Auburn was going to win that game and Florida was going to be on the road to a shitstorm. They've got a chance now. I mean, obviously we covered their schedule last week. They still have a lot of really hard teams ahead of them, but Auburn now is in jeopardy of not even being in contention. They could lose to Georgia and be completely out of things in the SEC. So it is not easy for them. That was a really bad loss. Yeah, and I actually wouldn't be shocked to see if Florida still loses one of these next couple of games that we had talked about last week. They have a huge schedule coming up. So while they're undefeated now, I don't see them going uh, undefeated much longer. They were able to sneak by Auburn. But yeah, Bo Nix was not great last weekend. 11 for 27. 145 yards, three three interceptions. So he definitely was uh, one of the harder challenges that he's faced this year. Yeah, and I mean it's to ex- be expected from a freshman quarterback that he played really well up to that point, but there was going to be a time where he did not come through, and that was that game. For sure. All right, our third game of the weekend, Michigan was a favorite minus three and a half over Iowa. You and I had both taken Iowa, and it both did not turn out well for us. They lost. Let me just say something real quick about the electric offenses in the Big Ten <laughs> football conference. Holy fuck. That was a clinic in how not to play offense in college right now. If you look around the entire college football landscape, there are wide open offenses. There are run and shoots. The Big 12 is putting up fucking or the Pac-12 is putting up 80 points a game. The Big 12 plays no defense. They throw up a ton of points. And then you look at the Big Ten and they are so anemic on offense, it's embarrassing. It's bad. It's so bad. I'm just going to read you this real quick because Iowa had a chance to score a late touchdown, tie this game, and potentially win it late. Let me just read you their last couple of plays here, okay? With seven minutes left to go in the game, they're first and 10 on their own 33-yard line. They have a two-yard run, okay? okay? Then they convert a first down on a little bit of a – Eight-yard run. So now they've got first and 10 with five minutes and 55 seconds left to go. Completed pass. However, there's a penalty. Offensive holding. (laughs) The next play, first 20, offensive holding. The next play, first and 30, pass complete for five yards. Now we have four (laughs) minutes to go in the game. Complete for six yards. Now it's third and 19. Offsides. Five yards back on Iowa. And now it's third and 24, and the quarterback is sacked to basically end the game. That's how Iowa ended the game. Holding, 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 offsides, sack. Just terrible, terrible offense by Iowa. I cannot believe they went from looking so strong a week ago to putting up three points against Michigan. So do you, let me ask you this. Do you think it's the anemic offenses or do you think both Iowa and Michigan have top tier defenses and that it really showed up in this game? They both have good defenses. Don't get it twisted, but their offense are bad. Both of those are really, really bad offenses. Okay. We're going to be talking about Iowa later in this week's picks. So we'll see if we come back to them. Uh, Our fourth game last week, Nebraska was home against Northwestern. 
you and I had both taken Nebraska minus seven and a half, and that did not turn out well. That was a loss for us. Yep. That was surprising to me, but I'll be honest. I didn't watch a minute of that game. I just thought Nebraska was going to show up after that ass whooping they took, and they just did not. Sure not. All right. And the last game for uh, last week, Ohio State was home against Michigan State. Ohio State was a huge favorite. You and I differed here. You had taken Ohio State minus 20, which won. Michigan State plus 20 was who I took, which lost. I ended one and four. You ended two and three. What were your takeaways from that Ohio State game? I've been saying it the entire season that Ohio State is for real. They're covering these really big numbers, and they're doing it against. We said Michigan State was a really good defensive team. I am really curious to see how they do the rest of the way. I, I really can see them going undefeated. I don't think Michigan's going to get in their way. I, their offense is just rolling. Justin Fields is the real deal. Uh, that offensive system under uh, Coach Day looks totally different as well. They're just hot, man, and I think they're going to be a team that's going to make noise in the playoff regardless. They've been covering giant numbers, and it's hard to try and pick against them at this point. I totally agree, and I'm hoping to learn my lesson here and uh, not get rolled over by Ohio State anymore. Yeah. All right, are you ready to transition to this week? Let's go over uh, the standings first, though. Ah, Thank you. All right, so we have 14 listeners who are participating right now. In first place, we have JoJo. JoJo. Continuing to just utterly dominate, or at least do enough to stay away. He went 3-2 and last week. JoJo is currently in first 70% accuracy, 21 wins, 9 losses. JoJo, I asked you to lose. You lost two for me, but I couldn't capitalize, so the battle continues, JoJo. We'll see if there's any changes this weekend. All right, in second place, we have a tie. We have a tie. Lenny and you, the man, are tied in second place, both at 63% accuracy, 12 wins, 20 wins, 12 losses. Lenny was on fucking fire last week. He went 5-0. and in his picks and he is hot right now hot five and oh is not easy to do and i'll give kudos to lenny not only did he go five and oh he talked shit on twitter and put it right in our face (laughs) good job by you lenny it is now a three horse race here at the top i would really like to get in there and make it a four horse race but it's not looking good so far all right in fourth place we have graham he is 12 and 8 60 percent accuracy Fifth place, we have Shepdog, 11 wins, 9 losses, 55% accuracy. Sixth place, we have Colorado Rocky. She's been making a run recently. 16 wins, 14 losses, 53% accuracy. Call out to her. She went 4-1 last week. Uh, no one else uh, was 5-0 and oh, or 4-1, and one, so good job by those two. I like how uh, you're, you know that that's a female. Good job by you. Thank you. I like to be in <laughs> touch with our listeners. <laughs> In seventh place, we have a tie. Luann and The Legend are both at 50% accuracy. Uh, In ninth place, we have AK, who is inactive last week. Good job by you. In tenth tenth place, we have a tie. I am just suffering. Little Model, my five-year-old son, is tied with me, The Model, both at 47% accuracy. And then we have Mrs. Model at 41% accuracy for 12th place. Dumb Man, 47 38% 38% accuracy for 13th place. And in last place, he's continuing to bring up the rear and do it really well. Deke buff, 30% accuracy. He went one in four, just like me last week, uh, hoping for a better uh, uh, performance very soon. 
you know, I know you've got the model, but Deke Buff, maybe you want to just flip a coin? Uh-huh. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> at this point, it's rough. Now, I got to just comment, uh, AK did not make picks. She was at a work conference, so she was actually working. I was going to, you know, hand up and credit to me, I was going to submit picks on her behalf, but I decided not to. That's yeah. integrity. That's yep. integrity, my friends. Yep. Got to bring honor <laughs> to this competition. I love every second of that. Okay. So for this weekend, we are doing, for the price of five games, you are getting six. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at the schedule this weekend, and I could not figure out what were the bot top top five best games. So I am bringing you an extra game for free. What do you think about that? Free phone football, baby. <laughs> Woo! You gotta love a free bonus pick here. It gives an opportunity for those who are struggling to maybe win an extra game here, but it also gives me the opportunity to increase my lead over you, my friend. I cannot wait to make a storming comeback starting with this weekend. So we are doing six picks this weekend. Are you ready? Let's do it, my friend. Okay, so the first game we are starting right back where we were last weekend. We were in the Big Ten. Iowa is an underdog at home going up against a feisty Penn State team. Are you taking Iowa plus four or Penn State minus four? Now, this feels like a trap game to me. We just (laughs) witnessed two games last week where Penn State blew the doors off of a team and covered a huge number. And Iowa didn't look like they could score if there was nobody playing defense against them. It feels like a trap game. I think last year, Iowa was in a similar situation where they knocked off. Was it Ohio State? Maybe something like that. They usually come through with a random home upset. I just don't see it this week. Penn State put up huge numbers. I think that continues. They are a really good team. I'm taking Penn State minus four. Okay. There is nothing more than I would like to take Iowa here. I am spiritually connected to them. I am rooting for them. I I have a features bet on them, so that's really why I (laughs) want to take them. I can't. Can't do it. I can't. Yeah. Against my better judgment, or maybe in lieu of my bad judgment, I am in agreement with you here. I am taking Penn State minus four. My model has this game as being extremely close. Is having right around Penn State winning by five points. That feels good to me. Based on what I've seen from Iowa's offense last weekend against a good Michigan defense, I think they score more than they did last weekend. Three points was just utterly abysmal. But I just don't think they can keep up with the Penn State offense, who's been pretty good, even though Iowa's defense is actually one of the better in the country. Yeah, uh, defense is really good. We can give them that, but I just don't see how they can put up enough points to cover with to hang with Penn State here. Penn State just covered a 27.5 point number, and granted, it's a different, different team that they're playing, and it's totally different scenarios, but their offense is very powerful. I just went over how anemic Iowa's is. I just can't do it. I can't pick them. Okay, so our second game. We are going also in the Big Ten. We're staying there. Wisconsin is home against Michigan State. Wisconsin is a pretty big favorite, minus 10. Michigan State coming off a tough loss to Ohio State, plus 10.5. Sorry, Wisconsin minus 10.5. Michigan State plus 10.5. Who are you going with? This is tough for me, too, because Michigan State, they did not cover it on against Ohio State. They did show me some things. Their defense is quite good. 
We all know what Wisconsin did at home to Michigan a couple weeks ago. Jonathan Taylor is rapidly making a name for himself in the Heisman race here. He is a freak of nature. I, you know, I was riding with Michigan or not Michigan, Wisconsin a few weeks ago. I said, Madison's a really tough place to play. I got to stick with them here. Give me the Badgers 10 and a half. I think Jonathan Taylor runs wild. I might even say three touchdowns this week for Jonathan Taylor. Wow. That would be big. Uh, Michigan state has a pretty good defense. My model has this game as a Michigan win by, or sorry, freaking a, a Wisconsin win by about five points. Ooh. And I am overruling it. Oh, this, uh, okay. <laughs> I am not going along. I just don't see it happening. I see this as being a Wisconsin win by more than 10 and a half. I am disregarding my model and disregarding the Wisconsin win by about five points. And I'm agreeing with you yet again here to move forward. We'll see. see. We need to do something about this because you've got an opportunity to use the model and override the model. I'm just going on my brains and my balls here. Okay. I need to have something that I can do when you override the model or it needs to be some kind of asterisk here. Maybe it counts double for you as a loss. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it's actually been helpful to you so far based on how we've been doing. I just That's don't true. see it. Uh, I just don't see it helping me much at all. That's true. Okay. Our third game is maybe one of the best games of the weekend. It's early too. It's at 12 o'clock Eastern time. So definitely one to tune in for neutral site game. It's at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, uh, Texas, underdog, plus 10.5 against Oklahoma, minus 10.5. Who do you like here? This is going to be a fantastic game. I love the Red River shootout. It is always one of my favorite games of the year. I think we talked about it briefly last week. I also love how it's earlier in the calendar than all the other big rivalry games. It is the marquee matchup this week, and there's several really good matchups this week. So, This is going to be one that I have so much interest in because I already have written off Texas. I said, goodbye. They're gone. See you later. Uh, Sam Ellinger is a gamer, man. He really shows up in these kind of games. I don't like the fact that that is such a big number. Now, on the other hand, you've got Oklahoma, who has just been an unstoppable force. Jalen Hurts, as we have talked about, is now probably the front runner besides maybe Tua to win the Heisman. I really don't know what to do here. They're putting up a ton of points week in and week out. Something tells me, though, that Texas is going to hang here. I do think, though, Texas's defense is very vulnerable. We've seen them give up a lot of points to Oklahoma State. I, I, ah, this, I, I can't pick Texas, can I? I can't possibly do it. I've written them off. Give me the Sooners. Give me, oh. give me minus 10 and a half. I got to do it. I, I just I can't pick Texas after I've written them off. I will How say this, though. dare you? Yeah, I will say this, though. If if by some miracle they win this game, not even cover, if they win this game, they're no longer dead to me. OK, can I do Ooh, that? They're back. It's it's very uh, going back and forth. But if they win this game outright against Oklahoma, I'm going to topsy turvy that. And Texas is now back from the dead. They better not win this game. I have a significant futures bet down on Oklahoma. I need to see them to continue winning. My model has this game as an Oklahoma win by about 13 points. So are so you, you know, override it? What are you going to do here? You know what that means? It means I agree with the model here. <laughs> it means I am taking Oklahoma minus 10 and a half. I like them in this spot. 
I think their offense continues to just chug along. I don't think Texas can stop them. I'm never one to pick Texas, and I'm going to continue that trend. All right. Texas is dead. All right. We are halfway through. We are now jumping into SEC territory. LSU is home as a huge favorite against visiting Florida. LSU is favored by 12 and a half. Who do you like? LSU minus 12 and a half or Florida plus 12 and a half? Another just marquee matchup this week. Florida riding high off of that win from Auburn. LSU is one of those teams, especially at home, that it is really hard to pick against them. Yeah. Now, we did say there's a ton of marquee matchups this week. This is featuring number five LSU, number seven Florida. So Florida jumped up after knocking off uh, Auburn. Coach O in the bayou. Coach O. Coach O. Coach O. Go Tigers. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, Joe Burrow has looked like a really good quarterback. I said this almost exact same thing last week, though, about Bo Nix and Auburn. I do think LSU is a better team. They're at home here. Florida, you know, they showed what they've got last week at home. This is a lot, a lot of points to be giving the number seven team in the country. I think this is going to be a close game. That's why I think I'm going to have to take the Gators here plus 12 and a half. I think LSU ends up winning this game. But 12 and a half points is a lot to be giving me for a Florida Gators team that just shoved it down Auburn's throat. I'm giving the edge here to Florida in the cover. I don't think they're going to win, but I, I do think they're going to cover this. 12 and a half points is a shit ton of points. For a team Man. like Florida. Yeah. I'm going LSU. <laughs> I'm taking LSU here. So my model has this game as an LSU win. By about 17 points. Woo! So based on my performance so far, it has not gone very well, but I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stay with the model here and hope that they can at least win by two touchdowns and cover that 12 and a half point spread. Now looking, I meant to look at current lines. We're seeing current lines is starting to move. This opened at 14. It's been bet down to in some places, 12 and a half. In other places, it's starting to move back where LSU is now a 13-point favorite. Uh, in most places, LSU is a 13-point favorite. I wouldn't be surprised to see it get all the way back to minus 14 by game time. Um, so I'm going to hope that uh, the betting public is uh, is correct in this one and that it gets back to 14 and LSU is able to cover at 12 and a half. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I think it's going to be an excellent game. You know, I don't think that's a bad pick at all by you. Uh, my, just, my gut is telling me that it's going to be a, a closer game. Yep, I sure hope not. All right, our next game is another SEC doozy. Texas A&M has just a freaking amazing schedule this year. They have Alabama at home. Texas A&M is home for Alabama. Texas A&M is a pretty big underdog. They are 16.5-point underdog against a visiting Alabama team. Who do you like, Alabama and Tua or a little uh, Jimbo? Jimbo. What did I say about Jimbo earlier in the season? I don't feel bad from one bit because he's making $76 million over like 10 years. So fuck Jimbo. This is interesting to me because Alabama has not played anybody yet. Okay. Let me just read you off who they played. They started with Duke. They won 42 to three. They played New Mexico state. They won 62 to 10. They played South Carolina. They won 47, 23. Then they played Southern Miss, won 49-7, and then last week against Ole Miss, 59-31. They've been so dominant against these teams that their starters really haven't even been finishing games. I mean, we don't know. This is my complaint last year with Tua 
is we didn't see him any high leverage games. He barely was playing the fourth quarter. It kind of made you wonder if he was able to come up and deliver in those, those clutch moments. When you're playing teams like these, that they start off with these cupcake games, it's hard for you to then get up and play a team like Texas A&M. Now, granted, Texas A&M is not as good as I think maybe some people thought they would would be. They've got some tough losses to Clemson. They lost to Auburn. So yeah. they're they're kind of middle of the pack, in my opinion. They're obviously the 24th ranked team in the country at the moment. But I think even that's being slightly generous to them. I'd be a little concerned here that Alabama hasn't played a, a close game. And they're every year they give you one game a year where they get they give you a scare. And I think this is the game that gives a scare. My only question here is, is it going to be a big enough scare where A&M is going to cover this number? I don't see it. I think push comes to shove. The talent difference between these two teams is so large that you have to take Alabama here minus 16 and a half. I like it. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. And 16 and a half points is a lot. My model has this game at Alabama winning by 17 points. So essentially it's a coin flip based on the spread that we're currently seeing. Um, I just looked at the market. You're seeing 16 and a half across the board. You're seeing it start to drip up to uh, 17 in some spots, but not widely consistent yet. I don't know. This game, this would be a game that I do not come anywhere close to betting, but just because I'm seeing a slight edge on the Alabama side of the ball where that they're going to cover by more than 16 and a half. Although who really knows? I'm going to go ahead and take Alabama and we are in agreement yet again on this one. I don't like this right now, Mr. Model. The only game that we're disagreeing on is Florida, and I hate stacking my odds here on a Florida Gators team to cover 12 and a half. Well, let's see how we do on this last game. That is the freebie, the free game, five games for the price of six, or six games no, for the price of five. <laughs> we don't do sales here very often, so it throws <laughs> yeah. us off. All right, so for this last game, Notre Dame is home against USC. Notre Dame is favored by 10 and a half points. Do you like Notre Dame minus 10 and a half or USC plus 10 and a half? So if anyone's listened to this podcast, you know, I have written off Notre Dame in the past. I think they're frauds. I think they're always going to be frauds for as long as they remain in independent team and not in a conference. I've discussed this at length. I think it hurts them. Granted, they're the number nine team in the country right now. They've had some pretty good wins, and their loss to Georgia is a what I would consider a good loss. I know yeah. it seems ridiculous, but they lost to the number three team in the country, a team like in Georgia that's expected to make noise here uh, in the championship run. Notre Dame, they, they showed me some things. I picked against them against Virginia. They covered that one. A pretty easy win for 35-20. USC, though, as we've talked about them a few times here, they really threw a wrench in our plane in the Pac-12. They knocked off Utah. They really caused some chaos out there. But USC is a home team. They play better in the Coliseum. If they've got to go on the road, it typically does not go well for them. I know if you look way back in time, you've got the uh, very historic USC-Notre Dame game with Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and the push into the end zone. So there is a lot of history between these two teams. It is a pretty good rivalry. Generally speaking, when I'm dealing with a rivalry game, I like taking teams getting points here. I just can't do it, though. I hate myself for doing this. I despise myself. I cannot believe I'm doing it. I'm taking the Irish minus 10 and a half. I think Ian Book is going to show up in this game. 
USC, we've covered about Pac-12. They play no defense. I just think Notre Dame is going to score a lot of points here. I agree with you. My gut is telling me. Hey, man. (laughs) But just wait. I agree with you. My gut is telling me that Notre Dame is going to do well and win this game. Having said that, my model has this game as a Notre Dame win by about six points. Model feels off to me here. Have although I am going to follow the model and I am going to against my better judgment, I am going to take USC plus ten and a half as my official pick. Although I just I wouldn't be shocked to see Notre Dame show up and absolutely blow this game wide open. USC is on their what second or third third string quarterback. Yep. So we'll see. I'll definitely be rooting for USC to at least cover so I can get a win in this competition where I'm desperately needing it. But I wouldn't be shocked to see this Pac-12 team get rolled. Yeah, that's my only thought. Just I don't think the Pac-12 is that good. We've seen it. A bigger issue here, though, we got to figure out a way to cover these games when you are going against your model because – this is the man versus the model challenge. I, this has got to this is gonna like set off some kind of multiplier where that game is worth double if you're picking against your model. Yeah, but based on how the model has been doing so far this year, it's right. It's been right around forty eight percent, I think. Well, so picking winners, I think it's about seventy percent, sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy percent, just overall on, on picking straight up. The, the correct winner, but against the spread, I think I'm right around like hovering right around 47%, which folks is not profitable. Nope. I had a really, I had a really bad week last week, just for the record. I'm hoping to rebound this week. Um, so we'll see if that happens, but so far I'm not convinced that the model is actually helping me. So I feel like for me as the man called the model, I get some <laughs> discretion in what I'm able to do and don't just need to follow the algorithm, which certainly doesn't take in everything into account in these games. See, I just don't like that. And I'll give you a reminder real quick. Do you want to know what I'm picking at? The yeah. man, the actual yeah. man? I'm picking yeah. at 63%, my friend. 63%. <laughs> That's paying out winners, baby. That's almost two-thirds. <laughs> uh, nothing pains me more to know that you're actually dominating me in the sports competition, and I'm just struggling to come back and uh, see if I can get back in. Yeah, but there's a credo. I think we're going to talk about it throughout the season. There's a lot of game left, okay? A lot, a lot of games of football left. left. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, I've got a five-game lead on you. That is not that big. We just saw Lenny go 5-0. and It's possible to flip-flop and topsy-turvy that motherfucker, and then all of a sudden, we've got chaos on our hands. I could not be happier if that were the case. (laughs) All right, Mr. Model, we're going to have you stick around here for our second segment of the episode. We're going to turn our attention to the NFL. One more thing for Mr. Model. So I just wanted to do a quick review of some bets that I made last weekend, as well as bets I'm looking at for this weekend. It did not go well overall, but the two that I had mentioned in this podcast, I had a win and a loss. My win, I had taken Memphis minus 14 at Louisiana Monroe. That came through. Memphis ended up covering there, which was great. My Oklahoma State minus eight and a half at Texas Tech. Oh boy, did that go south and fast. I had gotten a pretty decent value on the closing line with minus eight and a half. I think that closed up at minus 10, if not more, but Texas tech, holy shit. They showed up and actually won that game outright. That was a huge upset. And that one really stung. So for this weekend, you ready for my two bets? Give it to me, baby. And I'll, uh, I haven't been doing well, but maybe I'll tweet out my top five again. I'm hoping for a rebound this week. I think I went something like two and three last week in the five that I put out on Twitter. My two that I'm going to put out in this podcast uh, are both early. The lines 
aren't available for both of these now. I had gotten Memphis minus three playing Temple. Um, really like this game. The line has uh, ticked up all the way to Memphis minus six. Wow. So I'm really liking that I had gotten them uh, early, uh, which was great. I'm seeing this as a Memphis win by about, uh, let's see, I think seven points, about a touchdown. So this is close, but this is one that I had liked and just hopped on early. My second game, I am taking Washington State minus one against Arizona State. Now, this is a line that is currently available. I did not get the best line because I was so thrown off. This line opened, this game opened as an Arizona State minus two and a half favorite. Wow. And has gone, you wouldn't believe how many freaking times this has gone back and forth, but this has gone back and forth so much. Every time I check it, it seems like it's different. Um, But Washington State has has moved over three points now, and Washington State is currently a one-point favorite. And I just decided to lock in there because I'm still even seeing value just on Washington State minus one instead of trying to get them at plus two and a half, which is what I could have gotten them when the line came out on Sunday. But I was so freaking thrown off. I just didn't believe what my model was saying. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait on this and see what happens. Um, So I I took Washington State minus one. I'm seeing this as a Washington win by about 10 points. Now, how would you explain for the change in the, those lines? Is it just that you think a lot of people came in with heavy bets on one side or the other? Is it sharp betters or is it just people that don't really know what's going on, but maybe are throwing around a lot of money? Yeah. Well, my understanding is that Vegas and these bookies, you know, for online or offshore, they will typically only move lines based on the player's reputation. If it's a good reputation. So they could get a shit ton of money on a bad bet and they'll just leave the line as is. So to me, they're only going to be really moving the lines for folks that they know who are uh, plus EV betters, uh, advantage players. So to me, uh, when this one opened at Arizona state as a favorite, it quickly moved because I think a lot of folks had recognized that that probably shouldn't have been the case. It is probably much more close to accurate. Now Um, I'm still hopefully seeing some value and I'm hoping Washington state is able to win this one. That sounds like a good explanation to me. Um, I will we'll keep track on Twitter. We're going to put out the rest of the picks as well. You just got to keep hit, picking, my friend. That's it, you know? And when you get into a cold slump, you just keep hitting. Well, we'll see how it goes. The model, just for a total side note tonight, Louisiana uh, Lafayette is playing Appalachian State. I did not make a bet on this, but my model is saying that it likes Louisiana in this spot. Appalachian State has just been a solid team over the last couple of years. Obviously, there was a coaching change over the course of the offseason. Um, so I haven't made the bet here, but uh, I'm hoping for a Louisiana win just to kind of get my spirits uh, in the right direction to see if uh, I can get better accuracy here. App State's been a solid team as long as I can remember. I remember them one double A. We played against them in a playoff game, and a few years later, they went to Michigan and knocked off Michigan. So that's always been a really good program. Great team for sure. And they've played uh, Penn State tough too. Yeah. Uh, okay, now we're going to segment to the NFL. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so stick around. We got the model coming back with us. We've got our NFL insider, Coulter. So we got that segment coming up right now. All right, for our second segment, as usual, we are talking NFL. Once again, we are welcoming on our very own Double Down Trent NFL Insider, Coulter. How you doing, my man? 
Oh, uh, you, you know, the insider moniker, I'm starting to lose it here in the pool. I'm now in third place. I'm no longer in first. A couple of bad picks for me last week. I'm losing my edge, but I, I think I'm going to come back strong here as week six. Week five is just a catastrophe for me all around in fantasy and, and betting, but uh, I'm ready to go. The Broncos won, so that's the positive. Always got versus the bright side. Yeah, my first bad week is betting is my the only good week for my team. So eventually we'll have a week where I just win and Broncos win and everything's good. I always say like my perfect ideal scenario is if the Giants win, I win my bets, my fantasy teams win, and I win in this picks league. If I can get that perfect four scenario, I might just retire, but it's almost impossible. <laughs> I, it really is. It's like Trace, it's chasing your tail like a dog. It really is bad. It, you it really can never is. get you can never get it all to line up. Yep. And uh, Mr. Model, we're shifting to the NFL. You, how are you feeling right now? I mean, we've got five weeks in the books. How do you feel about your NFL model? You know, average, subpar. I think I'm more excited about having my own NFL insider guy that I can go to for rumors and uh, like picks in general. So I love having Coulter on and he's like my go-to. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought from where we started, we have our own insider. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. It's been a great time, and I, I love doing the, the weekly fill-out. I was just doing it today, and you know, I was looking down the list, and there's some great ones, I think, this week, some really uh, tasty spreads. We'll I get agree. Into that later, though. I agree. I looked at the board, and I really like the board. But first, we— Yeah, I was going to say, talking about tasty odds, let's talk about yeah. the MVP. There's a few odds lot there. So we did a couple of futures uh, discussions in past episodes. We looked at first coach to get fired. We looked at MVP. Well, we wanted to revisit the NFL MVP odds. We're five weeks into the season. A lot has changed, but really not much has changed. So we're going to relook at this board here. We're going to make our own picks, value picks, who we think is going to win, whatever we want to do. We will focus on the NFL MVP. Now, Coulter, going into the season, who is your pick for NFL MVP? My pick for MVP, I think, was Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he just made the most sense, odds favorite, uh, most he's going to have the most passing yards, most passing touchdowns, and it's a quarterback award as we've already discussed. Um, I don't, you know, Brady. I just don't see winning it. He's already won it, and plus that offense. In all honesty, I, I kind of want to fade New England's offense. They have so many injuries on the offensive line. The fullback, the receivers are all banged up. I mean, they're going to be starting this kid Jacoby Myers to, potentially tomorrow. I know he had a good preseason, but there's just something off about that offense that I really Tom Brady has no value basically to me. So I think Mahomes, if it's going to be Pats versus chiefs throughout the year is who's the best team you got to go with Mahomes and Vegas definitely agrees. And so that yeah. was the, pre, that was the preseason pick, but right now Deshaun Watson, I mean, that is a tasty 12 to one right now. If people want to spend money, I definitely would point to that. He's in my opinion, the second best quarterback in the league right now coming off a five touchdown day against Atlanta. And quite frankly, all he has to do is beat Pat Mahomes on Sunday, and he is the favorite, right? He has to be. I mean, talk yeah. about get, catching value at a right time. You're getting a guy who's 12-1 to 1 today on Monday with a win. He could be at even where Patrick Mahomes is, or Mahomes is plus 110, I should say, right now. But that could be Watson next week. Yep, so a lot can happen with those two. Mr. Model, uh, I think we were all pretty much on board that Mahomes was the, the guy to pick here. Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead, Mr. Model. If you could uh, read down our current odds, maybe let's pick like what the top nine, ten, or what do you want? Do we even want to do that many? Want to do the top five? Yeah, let's let's do top six because there's a natural ending point there. So okay. for what we're seeing right now, uh, the the favorite, like we talked about, is Patrick Mahomes plus one ten, which translates to right about forty eight percent chance likely for him to win. Um, in second, in a distant second, I should say, Russell Wilson at plus a thousand, uh, Tom Brady plus eleven 1, hundred. 
Aaron Rodgers plus 1,200, Deshaun Watson at the same plus 1,200, and Christian McCaffrey also at plus 1,200. That plus 1,200 translates to right around 8% uh, chance to win. So you're seeing a huge discrepancy that you have a clear front runner with uh, Mahomes, QB for Kansas City, and then you have a bunch of dark force, dark horses not too far behind them. I like some of those guys. I like what they're doing. Okay. Give me uh, give me like one or two of those. I know Coulter just threw out Deshaun Watson. Who, who do you got your eye on? Yeah, so I totally agree with his comment that this is a quarterback league and likely a quarterback award. But to me, the one I also like is Christian McCaffrey, the running back for the Carolina Panthers. I I don't think I would bet that, but him at 1,200, given his performance so far this year, has been surprising to me. Um, but I, I agree with Coulter. I'm looking at Deshaun Watson uh, plus 1,200 or even Russell Wilson at plus 1,000. I think those two guys are going to be the ones who perform the rest of the season. And I just want to know, I'm going to eat my words about Houston so far this year, hard schedule at the beginning of the season, but they've come through. Uh, Deshaun Watson has performed and uh, their coach who I thought was going to be first coach fired is still Me there too. and doing just fine. Yeah. Something though about Houston still feels off to me. And I do oh, yeah. want to just pat myself on the back real quick before we dive into Houston. Uh, my, I'm in two fantasy football leagues. Uh, that's it. Okay. I did not want to overextend myself. <laughs> And it just so happens that two, both my quarterbacks are in the top four. That would be Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. No big deal. No big deal. Anyway. You got to love that, right? Oh, it feels great. But those are my two guys that I think that have value because, as Coulter said, Deshaun Watson just put up a ton of, of just pure stats last week against a really shitty Atlanta team. Um, Aaron Rodgers, who is always going to be in that picture, but you got a peek last week at the Green Bay offense when it runs through Aaron Jones. So yeah. they've got a really you know interesting running game that I think is going to potentially take away from Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson, though, is carrying that team. He is that team. That is all that offense has to rely on. Obviously, they've got Deshaun uh, – or yeah, Deshaun – what is his name? Hopkins. DeAndre. DeAndre, thank you. That was a brain fart. Um, but yeah, I think Russell Wilson has got some value too because he's in the same boat where it's really just he's the he's the show. Everything runs through the quarterback. And as you both said, this is a quarterback league. My money actually, I would take Russell Wilson. He's kind of been a guy that's flown under the radar. He's got that like legacy type thing. He's been around. He's been a superstar in this league. He's won a Super Bowl, but he has not won an MVP. I really could see that this team that's people thought maybe was lacking in a little bit of talent going into the season. If he carries them to you know, a one seed potentially, or if he's carrying them to, uh, you know, a Super Bowl run that really easily could go to our guy, Russell Wilson. Let's not forget too. Wilson has what I think is a sneaky, bad defense that is going to keep getting exposed. So he's going to be in games where he's going to be doing shootouts. The one thing though, about Seattle, you said he was the main focal point. I think ideally Seattle wants to run the football. They're not going to be able to do that though this year with that defense. So I do love Wilson. He's going to have a plenty of opportunities to throw for 400 yards, multiple touchdowns because these, I mean, this, this is a Seattle team that gave up 24 to Rudolph in week two, when he was coming off the bench for the Steelers. I mean, they gave up 20 at home to the Bengals who are a complete crap show as we saw last week against Arizona. I mean, this is not a good defensive team. So I think Wilson definitely, and you made the best point is this is a legacy guy. Breeze was pushing Mahomes last year for the exact same reason. We have to give him the MVP eventually. I couldn't agree more with that logic because quite frankly, there's two men in this league that can carry a team that's in transition and make them a 10 win team year in and year out. And it's Tom Brady and it's Russell Wilson. These guys are there. They literally can camouflage and do whatever you need them to do. And your team will never sink below that 10 win mark with these two guys and 
credit to Russell Wilson. Never been a big fan of him. He beat my Broncos in the Super Bowl pretty badly, but that's a huge compliment putting him with Brady because this is a team that easily could have bottomed out after the Legion of Boom uh, blew up. And guess where they were last year? They were in the playoffs, and they've been in the playoffs a lot. So this is a guy who has a legacy, as you pointed out. Got to like the value with Russell Wilson. Yeah. Now, we all just pretty much agreed it's a quarterback league. Is there any scenario that you can possibly see Christian McCaffrey stealing this just based on pure numbers alone? Let me just read out his numbers for you real quick. So thus far in the season, he's got 587 yards rushing, six touchdowns, but he's also got 279 yards receiving on 31 catches. So he is absolutely dominating games. Do we see any value uh, obviously in Christian McCaffrey. And also, is there any chance he could potentially steal this award? He's having an all time historic year. I don't know if you saw this tweet from Bill Barnwell on Sunday, but he said that uh, I think it's 275 plus yard games. McCaffrey said four of his five games this year is over that mark of 275 total yards. There's only one other player in NFL history that's done that. And it's Jim Brown. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, this guy is on off to a historically hot start. My one thing with him is a defensive coordinator has to game plan around this guy and try to take him out of the game because he really is their only and best weapon. He's on the field all the time. So far, they haven't been able to do it, so I'm not going to bet against him, so to speak. But uh, that would be my one thing is if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm not I'm not going to sleep at night during the week. I'm playing the Panthers until I know we have a game plan where we're going to try to at least contain Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you can't let him go wild like he did against Jacksonville last week. Yeah. Mr. Model, what do you think? I just think the offense is going to run through him. I think with the uh, injury to Cam, you're going to have to rely on playmakers around him, and McCaffrey is going to be that guy. I think he can do it. I think the big question mark for me is that he's a smaller guy. The injury bug, is it going to come bite him and get him off the field for a couple of games? I sure hope not. But I you know, would like to think that he's going to continue uh, to perform like he's been performing. I also saw a tweet that's saying something like, Gurley and another running back – combined do not have as many yards as Christian McCaffrey has El- by himself. Elliot. Yeah, Zeke yeah. Elliott and Gurley. Yep. And that to me was just mind-boggling as well. And just to throw this out there too, he's got 31 catches on the year. We can't just disregard that. For comparison's sakes, the guy I just forgot his name, DeAndre Hopkins, also has 31 catches. And a little guy named Julio Jones has 26 catches on the year. So he's wow. outpacing and keeping up with two of the best receivers in the game. If he keeps this pace up, like what if, what if in theory he has a hundred plus catches, almost a thousand receiving yards and like 1500 rushing yards. He's got to be getting votes at least. Right. I, I think we're going to see him be the guy that if, uh, I mean, the variable with Deshaun Watson is that offensive line has never been able to protect him and bill O'Brien. So if that team tapers off and they're eight and eight, let's say, and Carolina is 12 and four, McCaffrey will be the guy who's going neck and neck with Mahomes. So it's really based on how Carolina performs. I could definitely see him being the guy who's uh, number two in voting at the end of the year. There's no doubt about that. And I mean, historic, he's on a historic pace to crack. Uh, how many all-purpose yards can he get is the real question. And that's that, that'll be his best case. But having two quarterbacks, too. I mean, if Cam comes back and he's not good and they got to go back to Allen or they've already gotten Allen once, I mean, that, that whole situation at quarterback – only makes McCaffrey's case better, but it all depends on Carolina's record. If they're, they have to be 11 and five, 12 and four, I think for him to even be neck and neck with Mahomes. Yeah. And that's a really good point. I think the success of the Panthers is really going to determine if McCaffrey has a real shot at this. If 
Cam Newton is out or misses, you know, even more time than he's already missed, then I think you really start looking at McCaffrey as a guy who's got a chance. Let's say they go 11 and five, like you said, without Cam Newton and McCaffrey's throwing up insane numbers. I think he's got to at least be, be a wild there. card. Yeah, he's got to be definitely be there. Yeah, for sure. Now, I think we oh, good. I was going to say uh, the one other guy who's a more of a long shot who we have not mentioned. He's a little bit deeper down in this list is Lamar Jackson at 28 to one. And that's the Patrick Mahomes case. He's going to get a ton of yards. He's going to get a ton of touchdowns. He's kind of newer to the league. He's a new, fresh face. They're definitely going to want to crown him. And the Ravens defense is, I said it on the podcast probably 20 times already, sneakily really bad. This is not the Ravens defense of old. This is not the Ray Lewis years. This is not a good unit. They almost lost to a third string quarterback last week against Pittsburgh. I mean, this is a team I will continue to bet against probably not this week because they're playing the Bengals, but this is not a good defensive team. I've been saying it for weeks now that only makes Lamar's case better. That's more throwing, more running, more late game situations where he's playing the role of hero. And again, fresh face to the league. They're definitely going to want to have him there. So at 28 to one, it's a long shot, but I'm, I had to throw his name in the mix because he plays the position and he does the running and the throwing. And what a joke it is that he is at 2,800 and <laughs> Baker Mayfield is at 2,500. What the fuck is Vegas doing? Either there's a lot of people betting just on the name alone or Vegas is just trying to take people's money. <laughs> I, I think Bovada might be broken with its updating of Brown bets because last week at this time, OBJ was the guy who he was the favorite to be the leading receiver at the end of the year. I I couldn't understand that one. And the Baker one right now, they must just not be updating it or something because it's there's no way he's going to win MVP. Yeah. Now, I feel like we cannot move off this topic without really taking a look at Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he's the heavy favorite here. Vegas comes out and just tells everyone, listen, if you were thinking I'm betting anybody else, you probably right. should bet Mahomes. Mr. Model, should we bet Mahomes? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, is it free money? <laughs> here's here's the one reason why you don't want to go with Mahomes. There, I mean, we all saw it on Sunday night. That team cannot stop the run, and if they're going to gash, and the opposing offenses are doing seven minute drives down the field and running down the Chiefs' throat, guess whose stats are not going to be good? Patrick Mahomes, because he's not on the field throwing the football. So it's something to watch out for. Yeah, he's the heavy favorite. I wouldn't bet against him, but man, I mean, that Chiefs run defense is pretty damn bad. His stats might take a dip because of it. You know, can I just say my thought process? So obviously the odds we're seeing with him are plus 110 right now, but I just don't think I would make that bet because you're making me lock up money for multiple months with only, you know, plus 110 odds. So if I'm putting $100 down, I'm going to win 110, whereas if I'm just betting spreads, for example, the normal spread that I would get is minus 110, which is, you know, obviously very different. And I'm paying 110 to win 100. But to me, I'm just not willing to lock up money with only kind of meh odds for that long term and would much rather just bet shorter term stuff so I have some liquidity. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Let me just throw out some numbers here for you. So last year, he ends the year with 5,097 passing yards and 50 touchdowns compared to 12 interceptions through five games this year. He has 1,831 yards passing, which is fucking bananas. 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, the guy puts up 300 yards a game, minimum two touchdowns a game, and is not showing any signs of slowing down. Even in a game like the Colts game, which we saw last week where their offense was really held in check. He still put up some numbers. He's, he's going to get all that 
all those TDs back this week too. Vegas is at that over under on that Houston game at 55 and a half. So he's going to have, <laughs> we know he's going to have four more touchdowns this week and probably 400 more yards. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to bet against him. I, I, I was only presenting the only angle that I could possibly think of not to bet him. Uh, and that's that horrible chiefs run defense. Yeah. But I otherwise mean, it's a, it's a shoeing. I think those are the only guys that have a real chance looking at the rest of this board. I just don't see anyone else. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo plus 2000. Uh, I don't nope. really see it. We'll get to, we'll get to him later on. I have a fade of Jimmy coming <laughs> up here. So I think those are the guys that you look at. If you want to get some value, I think Coulter, you got it. And, and Mr. Model Deshaun Watson at plus 1200. That seems like our, our best pick. I'm riding with Russell Wilson myself, but there's some value out on that board. And then obviously if you want to just take some free money, plus 110 is not like you're losing money. Patrick Mahomes, I can't say that's a bad bet. Yeah, All I would right, say folks. the best thing to do is definitely go with Mahomes and then maybe do a little hedge with Watson or something like yeah. that. Then. Yeah. All right, let's shift our focus back to our NFL picks competition that we're doing here. So Mr. Model, if you would be so kind, we had a really interesting week last week, a lot to discuss, including the head-to-head battle of our insider Coulter versus the man. Uh, and I cannot uh, say it enough. I love that you guys were going head to head with both your key picks. So I'm going to build some suspense first by reviewing the results of last week's games and then going to the standings after that. So Coulter, you went one in one last week. You lost your, or you got your non-key pick correct. You had taken the LA Rams plus one and a half over Seattle. That just barely, barely covered. <laughs> I was watching that game and they, they did miss the field goal at the end. So, I mean, they were, yeah. they had a chance to win the game, but they did barely cover and Seattle missed a two point conversion. That would have buried me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was an epic game. That was amazing. And then you lost your key pick, which Casale won. You guys are going head to head here. Coulter, you had taken Tampa Bay plus three and a half over New Orleans. Ryan's key pick was New Orleans minus three and a half. Boy, oh boy, that's got a sting. I'm officially 0-2 picking against the Saints this season on my best bets, and that is the difference between me being first and third in this pool. I'm 44. The leader has 48. Those two points would be the difference, and it really hurts my feelings because it's all about my anti, <laughs> my anti-Teddy Bridgewater take is what's really poisoning me here. Um, but it's you know I was thinking about the Saints even more, and my opinion it goes beyond just Bridgewater. And you guys tell me if I'm wrong here. The Saints have two of the best offensive players in football, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and they have answered the call while their QB has been absent. Nobody can doubt that. But I, am I wrong here for doubting the rest of their skill guys? Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith, they're not just below average. They're borderline street-free agents. I mean, they, Saints keep proving me wrong week in and week out, so I'm not going to bet against them. But, like, what do you guys think about this? Like, I'm, I'm done fading the Saints, but I, I still hold this opinion dear to me. It's like – this is a team that is so heavily reliant on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. I feel like the bottom has to come out eventually with this offense. It's, I mean, Bridgewater is just average. I think we can all agree on that, but it's like, what is going on there? But yeah, you're, you're totally right there, Coulter. And you know, Teddy two gloves is doing just enough not to lose the game, but he's relying on his two studs. He's relying on Kamara and he's relying That's on Michael exactly Thomas. Right. And you know, if you're a defensive coordinator coming into those games, you know, those are the guys that are going to be getting the ball. You got to, figure out how to stop them somehow. I mean, obviously that is not an easy thing to do to stop those two players, but you have to come up with some kind of game plan where you are double teaming Michael Thomas the entire time. And you are stacking the box the rest of the time. If you get beat one-on-one by their other receiver, so fucking be it, but it hasn't happened. 
And I thought Todd Bowles would be able to come up with a way to stop Michael Thomas. It went the other way. 11 catches for 180 yards. I was just wrong and downright wrong. Yeah, but I, I am holding on to the anti Ted Ginn and anti Traquan Smith. I'm sorry. There's something about this offense where I feel like they're an Alvin Kamara toe injury or something away from being very limp in the middle of a game. And we'll see. I'm not going to bet against him anymore, but <laughs> I've learned my I've learned my lesson. And credit to Dennis Allen, former Broncos D coach. The defense is playing really well down in New Orleans. Yeah, and you're you're right with that. They are really relying on on uh, Kamara, but. Let's be honest, Drew Brees is probably coming back in the next two to three weeks. So all Bridgewater's got to do at this point, even if Bridgewater loses one, goes one and one the rest of the time that he's in the under center, that's a major win for the Saints. I think Very you're really shape. happy with that. And guess what? Teddy Bridgewater, that average quarterback, is probably going to get another contract somewhere for these four games. So, <laughs> Yeah, probably deservedly so. Yeah, He's done good enough. Uh, all right, so going back to the the results from last week, Casley, we already said that you got your key pick right. You got your non-key pick incorrect. You had taken the Chargers minus six and a half over Denver. Denver just showed up and won out right there. That's insane. Fucking A, man. I really needed that one, too, because in our pool, I was doing really well in the one o'clock games and just took a giant turd in the four o'clock games. <laughs> you mean the two four o'clock games, because God forbid the NFL Ugh. would give us a full slate at four. Terrible job all- by the NFL. If I yeah. if I was not attending the Nationals baseball game that Sunday night, I would have been furious. <laughs> yeah. And then as for me, I uh, am continuing to stink it up. I went 0-2 in my picks last week. I think that makes me 0-4 in the last two weeks. I had taken Cleveland plus 3.5 over San Francisco. Boy, oh boy, did that not even Holy look hell. close. That was insane. And then I'd also taken Baltimore minus 3.5 over Pittsburgh as my key pick. Pittsburgh just covered there by a half point, only lost by three. So that one hurt big time. I actually, yeah, we, we had a long conversation on the pot about that. And then I ended up, I did a couple of flip flopping moves on Sunday morning. And one of the things I flip flopped onto was the Steelers. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm just not on the Ravens at all right now. I think that defense stinks, but the the thing I did wrong was I, I got right my flipped to the Steelers, but I flipped onto the Falcons, which was just the worst thing I've ever done. Why I t- traded onto that terrible team and Dan Quinn, I just re- reasons unknown. I, I probably need a psychiatrist to explain that one to me. I don't know what I was thinking betting on Dan Quinn. The Falcons are so bad, man. I can't believe you flipped to that. That team, I am so off them. You that you look at them, they're so tempting. They've got the weapons. They've got Matt Ryan. You think you're like, oh my God, they were in a Super Bowl not that long ago. They suck. They really are. They're, they, they don't have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, they're favored this week, or favored, I should say. But they, they're probably that's probably the last time that's going to happen to them this season, I would bet. This is not a good team. And Quinn, yeah. I think Blank is too much pride to fire him in the middle of the season, but he is a goner, no doubt about it. He can't. He took over the defensive play calling now as uh, down there, and it's not gotten any better. It's gotten worse. So what is he, what is he doing if he can't coach the defense? Yeah, he's got to go at the end of the year. I, I just cannot see a way where he is still the coach of that team after the season. Okay, should we get into our standings? Let's do it. In first place, Ryan, you continue to perform and perform well. You have nine points. You have five wins and five losses. You've just continued to show up with your key picks the coming key through. Pick. Those two points have been huge for you. Listen, I said it before. Now I've earned the name back. I am key pick Cazalet. <laughs> uh, 
in a distant second, I am hovering. I am kind of fumbling along here with crutches. I have six points. I am now at four wins and six losses. And in a very close, too close third place, Coulter, you're right there. You have five points. You're also four and six. I just got one key pick better than you. Yeah, I'm doing terrible in the key picks. I had a good week four, but uh, the key picks have definitely not been, which is so weird because I'm doing great in the pool, but I can't seem to get that key right. And that's really is the difference maker in that pool is I, I have not been able to convert on a lot of the key picks. And hopefully I'll get this one right this week because uh, I need that two point bonus badly. Amen. So I vote Coulter because you're in third. I vote we start yet again with you this week. What is your non key pick? I'm cheating. I'm taking two Pittsburgh, (laughs) Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh plus six and a half, but it's all contingent on Rudolph playing, but I have to get this one in here just quickly. The line is too many points. Ryan learned that the hard way last week, Chargers six and a half at home. They don't have a home field advantage. It just does not exist. And the Chargers team has the most injuries of any team in the NFL center. Mike Pouncey was just added to their IR. That's going to keep adding to their O line woes. I'm getting a coaching advantage, Tomlin over Lynn. That's, I don't love Tomlin, but I definitely hate Lynn a lot. I think he's probably next in line after Quinn for coach fired. Honestly, talk about a disappointing season. This is a team that won 12 games last year. They're two and three and potentially two and four losing to a backup quarterback. That won't be, that won't be a good look. Uh, revenge factor Steelers lost a heartbreaker at home to LA last year in December on Sunday night football. That win kick started a fantastic finish for the bolts drown the Steelers hopes and dreams. And finally, in this one, is there a more desperate unit in the league than Pittsburgh's defense this week? They entered the game knowing that with a third string quarterback, they must hold down Phil Brewers in that LA offense to probably under 20 points. I think they're going to do that. And that's why I'm going to take six and a half points. If the game is 19, 14, I cover, right? So that's what I'm thinking about there. But my other best bet, because that one's contingent completely on Rudolph is I'm going with uh, the Vikings minus two and a half against the Eagles. I like that. I'm getting the uh, half point in my favor um, with this. It's also a revenge game for Minnesota. They played in that uh, NFC championship game a couple years ago, got blown out. I Philadelphia secondary is really bad. Uh, and I think that the Vikings have the receivers to take advantage of that. I also think the, the uh, Vikings offensive line is playing really, really well. Best part of the Eagles team is their defensive line. That's going to be the, the key matchup there. I'll take the Vikings offensive line at home. Plus it's a light line at two and a half. That's my first best bet. Vikings two and a half. I see no way that Mason Rudolph plays this game. I agree. <laughs> he practiced today. Really? And they wow. said he looked crisp. That's why I had to add this on there. Cause I think Steelers, they're, they're just getting too many points there with that horrible LA crowd. I know the model disagrees there though. It looks like they have the chargers with a nine, 9.2. Is that right? Is that what the model is saying? That's correct, my friend. That's correct. Right. So I'm I would go against you in this game. I'm actually comfortable taking the LA Chargers. My model is telling me that they're going to win by nine points, and if you're, you're right. giving me uh, six and a half, I'm there. I'm taking them. And then even my model has no idea what the starting QB is. So even if you're telling me if Rudolph is not going to play and they're going to be starting their third stringer, who I couldn't even name. I'm all in. So he's a, he's a world champion duck caller though. So that's <laughs> you got to back that one in there. No, it's uh, Hedges or Hodges. Devlin. Oh, Hodges. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> world class, uh, world champion duck caller. That's, you know, hey, a little fun fact of the week. 
San Diego is one of those teams that I just can't get a read on. I picked them as my key pick last week. They just suck. Exactly. They, they're so unpredictable. It's hard to say what's going to happen in this game. I wouldn't touch this game. I'm not going to make any kind of picks it, in this, but I did pick Pittsburgh here, plus six and a half. I just don't feel comfortable on either of those teams. It's totally contingent on Rudolph for me, and that's why I'm going to the Vikings. But I had to get the Pittsburgh one on there just because I, I, whenever I see a coaching advantage, no home field, and all those points, and I'll – the cherry on top of that Sunday that my, the list of points I just made is the Broncos beat the chargers and we're terrible. So, I mean, Hey, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. All right. Mr. Model, who is your first pick? So my pick, I am taking the Dallas Cowboys minus eight and a half over the New York jets. So, uh, Dallas is traveling. They're going to be playing in, uh, New York, New Jersey. My model has this, or I'm sorry, that's false. Dallas is home. No, they're not. No, Jets, Jets are home. Oh, okay. Uh, I have this game as a 10-point win for Dallas. Um, so I think that they were going to be covering this 8.5-point spread nicely. Um, I also think the New York Jets are a dumpster fire waiting to happen. I think they're a couple steps away from Miami. Don't get me wrong. They're not there. But... Uh, you know, their performance last week has been pretty abysmal. So I'm pretty feeling like I need to eke out a win somewhere here. And I'm taking those Cowboys. Okay. I've ruled the Cowboys a few times this year. The Jets are an absolute dumpster fire. However, Sam Mono Darnold is coming back this week. I think uh, that's the only hesitation I've got in that game. I'm picking the Cowboys as well. My only slight reservation is that Darnold is back, but he's missed, you know, three, four games already at this point. I don't, I'm not sure how sharp he's going to be. What do you think, Coulter? You know what? This was my best bet, but I changed it at the last second. So I had Cowboys was actually my best bet of the week for this week. Uh, the one reason why I can't put it as a best bet, though, is Jason Garrett is getting eight and a half points on the road. That's just too many points for Jason Garrett. However, <laughs> I'm going to take the Cowboys in the pool. And I love this pick for this reason. I did it last week at the, at MetLife and I'm going to do it again. Let's play a little game of who has the best players on the field. The Vikings had all the best players on the field last week against the giants. They covered easily. I think they had 10 of the top 10 players on the field were all Vikings. Same thing goes this Sunday with the Cowboys talking about a defense with Van Der Esch, Smith, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, all of their offensive linemen, the Jets are total, total talent discrepancy in this game. Love, 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 love the Cowboys. As I said, it was my best bet. I changed it at the very last second. And I actually might even go back to it as the key pick if I change on Sunday. But I, Jason Garrett with eight and a half on the road is a little scary. I'm going to take it, though, in the pool. And I, I do love that pick. Yeah. Quick sidebar, though, Coulter. Which coach do you hate more, Jason Garrett <laughs> or Bill O'Brien? <laughs> They played each other last year on Sunday night football and man, talk about a game that neither coach wanted to win. That was the worst <laughs> Sunday night football game in history. I mean, th that was a coaching clinic of epic disaster. Uh, I think I hate O'Brien more because uh, Watson is so much fun. I mean, Watson could be Mahomes and he, he is close to it, but I mean, talk about a guy who's he's got, gotten hurt so many times because of O'Brien's recklessness. And I just hate everything about that Houston organization. He's the GM. I, I hate everything about that. That's terrible. <laughs> All right. Garrett, Garrett's like a pathetic, like he's like a pathetic Kendall Roy type. It's like, you almost feel bad. for him. <laughs> That's an excellent comparison. <laughs> um, okay. First of all, I've got a few things to say about my pick looking at this board. I see at least four. 
That's right. Four matchups that I would feel comfortable making my key pick here. So I've wow. got a lot. I also would like to read this stat out for you guys because I found this very fascinating while I was looking at the board here. Underdogs this year are 31, 46, and 1. Straight up. Straight up, which is wild. However, home teams are really struggling. Doesn't matter if you're home, if you're the favorite or the underdog. Home teams are 28, 48, and 2 against the spread. I'm picking a lot of road teams this week just on that fact. So I looked across this board and I saw a lot that I really liked. My first pick that I would feel like I could feel comfortable doing as a key pick is going to be the Green Bay Packers at home against the Detroit Lions. Now, Green Bay just went on the road to Dallas. They beat a hapless, hapless Jason Garrett team. They didn't just beat them. They embarrassed them. I think Detroit's a little bit better than we may have thought at the beginning of the season, but Green Bay looks really good. They're at home. I just said I'm going to take some road teams, so I'm going against my own credo there, but I'm taking Green Bay to cover against the Lions. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. We'd have to go back and check, but has any of us, have any of us won on Monday night football? I have yet to pick it. I know I've lost on Thursday night. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like Monday night's been kind of a trap, but I do like, yeah, you gotta love, you gotta love the defensive uh, edge that green Bay has. I think they're going to limit Stafford. I, I don't trust Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator in Detroit. So you got to think, um, you got to think that green Bay has the total advantage on that side of the ball. My one concern would be is Adams, out because if Adams is out that Green Bay offense runs through Jones uh and you know what that Brian's Brian's run defense is actually pretty good so I don't necessarily love Green Bay's offense in this matchup I actually would say that it's a slight favor to Detroit's D in that on that side of the ball but I do love huge advantage for Green Bay's defense I think against the Detroit uh, offense um okay Coulter it is time for your key pick yeah, talk about going against yourself here. I have a principle. You always take the extra half point. I'm going way, way, way the opposite direction on this one. I am taking the team that has now been bet down to three, and it's three and a half in the pool. So I'm not getting any value with this team. But they did win for me last week, and I'm sticking with them. Taking the Rams, three and a half favorites over the Niners. They're, this is the most overrated team in football. They won – they got margin against Tampa Bay week one because they picked off Jameis and returned two picks to the house. Then they beat a terrible Bengals team, and then they beat a terrible Brown team. This is a team that is super-duper overinflated. The public has already jumped on that half point, as I just mentioned. So there are the public is already betting on the Niners. I love that fact, too. And you know what? I think Wade Phillips solves Jimmy G. Here. I, there's, there's no way Jimmy G is beating Wade Phillips. I know that secondary's had problems, but... Give me Wade Phillips and that Rams defense. They're going to figure it out. Ten days rest. Niners have had a short week. And I love the Rams at home. I like Sean McVay. I think there's a little bit of a coaching edge there. I love everything about it. People are still hating on Jared Goff. This guy's in the upper. He's the top 16 quarterback. He's in the top half of the league, not the bottom half of the league. I'm liking everything I see with this Rams line, the situation. This team is desperate, too. I mean, hell, the Niners have two games on them. Give me the Rams. I love it. All right. Uh, Are we squaring off again? You have a look on your face like you're about to tell me. <laughs> uh, I'm not making that my key. I'm not going to do that, but we are squaring off. I got San Fran here. Um, the Rams, like you said, that defense is a little in disarray. I know Wade Phillips is a pretty good coach, but besides Aaron Donald, I, I just I don't trust that defense. 
you know, they got really exposed by the Seahawks. Sam Fran, I watched a decent amount of that Browns game. Uh, they just have an incredible running game. Something about their scheme. I know Matt Breida is just made the Browns look like a, a JV team, but something about that offense seems to me like they're really creative. Kyle Shanahan seems like he's got the right pieces. I hate to say it because I don't really believe this, but Jimmy G is 10 and two as a starter in the NFL. So something about him is working. I'm taking the Niners on that one. Plus the three and a half. It pains me to say this, but Casley, I agree with you. I'm, I'm on your side here, Coulter. I'm sorry. I, I too am currently taking San Francisco plus three and a half. My model is really close on this. And my model is saying that this is going to be a Los Angeles Rams win by about three and a half points, almost four points. So it's basically right on the line that we're currently getting. So it was like pick one or pick the other. But my gut was telling me go with San Francisco just based on how they've been performing recently. I got burned from them big time last week when they absolutely smoked the the, uh, Browns. I'm still not convinced they're a good team. Coulter, I love the thought process you had around their schedule and their early wins. I'm not convinced of it, but uh, I guess I'm going to pay to see. So I'm going to take them this week and see if they can go up against those Rams and actually come out with a cover or a win. Uh, One little final point here. The Niners after this Rams, and maybe I'm thinking about it too much on the money line perspective, and that's what will burn me. But man, they're playing the Redskins, Panthers, and Cardinals. Are you really telling me that the Niners are going to be 8-0? and I mean, that's what that schedule tells me if they beat the Rams this week. I mean, holy hell. I just I cannot see a world where this team is eight. No, but maybe I'm, that's I could be walking this back next week, but I'm going to I'm going to stick with the Rams. They won me the game last week. I like McVeigh. McVeigh will also. Here's the other thing, too. This is a guy like Belichick. He will play for margin. And that's why I like this pick the most. I think he's going to if they're up in that game, let's say they're up seven. They're going to try to go up 14. They're going to try to go up 20. This is a division rival who's undefeated coming into their house. I like I like that. So there's some good X factors there, but you know, I'm still keeping my pick. I think I like the Niners here. So hey, by all means, I gotta catch up. You know, and I'm dropping like a, <laughs> I'm dropping hard in this pool here. And in, uh, and on the pod, I should say. I gotta catch up both of you guys, you know. That's right. All right, Mr. Model, who is your key pick? Yeah. I for my key pick this week. I'm going to the sure thing. I am taking the Washington Redskins (laughs) minus three and a half over the Miami Dolphins. This to me is a cannot miss. Now, don't get me wrong. The Washington Redskins just got rid of their Jay Gruden, their head coach. They've cast him aside. You know, the training wheels are off at this point. Everyone's feeling good. There's going to be a change of environment in the locker room. They have, what, big old Bill Callahan coming in to do a little interim coaching. I just think that the dumpster fire on the other side of the ball, the the other team they're going to be playing, the Miami Dolphins, is so big that it doesn't matter who's trotting out for the Washington Redskins this week that they're going to do well. I think they're going to cover three and a half. My model has this game as a seven-point win for the Redskins, and I'm going to hop on board and ride that as hard as possible. What do you think? I think you are an absolute lunatic. (laughs) There are so many games on this board that I would feel more comfortable taking than the Washington Then Colt McCoy trying to get margin on the road with a new coach. Colt McCoy, Bill Callahan (laughs) on the road is your key pick. (laughs) I hope you're the one laughing at us when we record next week, because if you're right, you've got balls to steal, my friend. I'm not touching this with a 10. <laughs> I'm not even going to look at it. 
I don't even I have any interest in this game. Fantasy, gambling, nothing. <laughs> Zero. Zero for me, too, in terms of the fantasy and gambling as well. We might have to clip that out. I think I heard the model say this was a, a, a must watch. or He said something along the sorts that this is going to be a good game or something. So we got to we got to make sure we got that soundbite for, uh, <laughs> for, for Twitter. I don't exactly know what your phrase was there, but it was it's definitely comical to think of this game as one of the ones that people should be watching. Yeah, as, I, I, <laughs> as long as they come through with me, I will not watch a minute of the game, but I just need a win. So I'm going to the I'm going to the well. I'm going to the Redskins. My only hold up here, besides the fact that it's the fucking 0-5 Redskins, <laughs> is Miami Sneaky played the Cowboys pretty well for a half of football. Now, that doesn't mean much, but I, I just for some reason, I feel like at home, the Dolphins might get frisky, but I I don't know. I did read this though. And it's, this is a fascinating fact. Tickets for the dolphins Redskins game are currently cheaper than if you were to buy one ticket to the Miami zoo on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. That's terrible. It's bad. (laughs) Can't see that one, but you're a brave man for picking them. My friend, I, I am going to, I'm also going to pick the Redskins in the pool too, to kind of do an agreement there with the model. And it's the same reasons of where I was just given with the Cowboys earlier, just do the talent game. I mean, Washington is all the best players in this game. Miami has zero. I mean, I, I'd much rather take, I know they're not performing well, but they have guys. Terry McLaurin is a great, great receiver. Give me Adrian Peterson. That's an advantage. I like their D lineman Payne. He's a good player. Norman hasn't been playing great, but I mean, he's a talented guy. You have to figure, and they have Landon Collins. I mean, they have all the best players in the field in this one. Yeah. And that's a good point. So the talent mismatch is just there, not there, but I cannot feel comfortable making the rest no, of the No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. Um, for mine, boys, there's a lot out here. Like I said, there's a lot out here. I could feel really comfortable picking the saints. I could feel really comfortable picking the chiefs and real quick. I just want to point out for the chiefs. If you like betting on the chiefs, Last week, if you wanted to bet the Chiefs, you had to give up 11 and a half points. This week, it's only four and a half, folks, and they lost last week. So I could see that one coming out. What I, I am going to I love Kansas City this week. Houston's yeah. super overinflated. They threw yep. up 53 against that crappy Atlanta D, as we just mentioned. That is an overrated Houston team right now. It should be six and a half, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to be my key pick, though, folks. You know what I am going to do, Mr. Model? I'm going to do something a little unconventional. What do you got? I am not going to be happy about this as a fan. (laughs) But. Don't tell me you're going Thursday night. On Thursday night. (laughs) The New York football giants head up to New England to play the Patriots. And they are a 16 and a half point dog. There's no Saquon Barkley. There's no Sterling Shepard. There's no. Evan Ingram, and there's no Wayne Gallman. There's just my boy, Daniel, Danny Dimes Jones. I'm sorry, I'm the biggest Giants fan there is. I see no way that the New York Giants go up there with a rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick and this crazy fucking defense and even come close to covering this spread. Now, I know New England's offense has been a little off. They struggled early against the Redskins last week, but then they scored 33 unanswered points in about two and a half quarters of football. The Giants defense is not good. We just got exposed by the Minnesota Vikings. And you're telling me you're giving Bill Belichick an opportunity to play defense against a rookie quarterback 
I'm taking that, and I am laughing all the way to the bank. I'm going to let the model go first here because I, I see a huge discrepancy. I, I, I want to hear what the model has to say. Yep. So I'm going to point out two things. So I'm an, I agree with your pick. I, too, am taking New England. Now, for the case of why I'm doing that. So in the this game opened, um, and the line has kind of already ticked up to 17. So people are starting to think that New England is going to cover that 16 and a half, which we have in our in our competition each week. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, shocked to see if that goes even higher. In my model, kind of a counterpoint. In my model, this my model has this game as New England with about a 12 point win, so significantly below the 16 and a half line that has been set for this game. But I think what my model doesn't incorporate and really able to quantify is the amount of injuries and the direction in terms of which both these teams are heading. I think New England is quickly heading up, and we know even though they're dealing with some injuries, they're kind of the cream of the crop in the NFL. New York just kind of uh, trying to rejuvenate itself with uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, the only receiver I think they have on their uh, team right now is Golden Tate, who was lucky for them, uh, suspended for the first couple of games. He's coming back healthy, did not have a great game last week, but is hopefully going to do better this week. I actually like New England here at minus 16 and a half, even though my model vehemently disagrees. So I'm comfortable taking them here. What do you got, Coulter? Yeah, I'm taking New England. I'd be crazy not to. You know, I veered off of them last week because of the the, uh, the model, and you know, they were my best bet, and I went away from it, which I that that was really where I lost the two points. I ended up betting on the Bucks with the two pointer, and I really should have the the Patriots because that was what I was originally thinking. But I got a little scared. I'm not going to get scared this week by the model you just mentioned. It, all the injuries. I mean, the cluster injuries all over the place. Running back and receiver. Bill Belichick is going to. I mean, you think Bill Belichick is not going to win against, you know, third string running back, fourth string receivers and a rookie quarterback. I mean, you can't be, you can't pick anybody else but New England in this game. But the one one fear I would have is that New England is historically not great against the spread on Thursday night. And that's probably because everybody in America goes to the bookie and sees the Patriots are playing on Thursday night. And they're <laughs> like, give me give me a ticket on them. So my one concern with being on the New England side here is that everybody in America is also going to be on the New England side, which I hate to do. It's one of the reasons why I like the Rams so much. I think everybody's on San Fran this week, but I, I can't bet against Belichick at home, rookie quarter quarterback. I mean, it's just, I mean, what else is there to say really? Yeah. I mean, if you want to tell me that Thursday night is is a burnable opportunity, I I've gotten burned on Thursday night before. That's my only, only, only hesitation is that you never know on Thursday night, things could be sloppy. I just, I, I can't see any world where the giants hang with them, even to the point where they're going to cover 16 and a half last week, the Redskins were 16 and a half and you know, they weren't really close besides the first quarter. And I think but the Giants, the, the difference here, though, is the Giants are playing inspired football with a quarterback that they truly believe in in Jones, whereas the Redskins are just a disaster and they have no confidence. Yeah. But I, it's still the, the situational spot is just ridiculous. Right. If the know. Giants were healthy and had all their weapons, I think they're they're covering that spread, but they don't. And that's just a major factor for me. So I'm, that's why I'm taking the Patriots. Thursday night. That's got to be the biggest line in Thursday night history, 16 and a half. That's a lot of points for a short week, but I think New England kind of, they didn't go full throttle against Washington. So I think they have a little bit stored up, whereas New York got banged around by that tough Minnesota defense and we could see it on their injury report. So yeah, yeah, 
you don't like you don't like a team that just played Minnesota on short rest because they're definitely worn down. Yep. All right, gentlemen. Any uh, last thoughts here for Week Six? One spread that just is crazy to me is Cleveland is only one point against Seattle. That's a shady line. Yeah. <laughs> just every everybody who's listening to this, just be careful with that one. I mean, Seattle looked great on Thursday night, ten days ago. Short rest. I mean, long rest. I should say. And Cleveland looked terrible on, they may have short rest. So that seems to be a game that everyone will be on Seattle. That line is very odd to me. It should be like a three and a half for Seattle, but it's only one. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What am I missing there? Me too. Yeah. That's a stay away. I mean, we have to pick it in the, the pool, but I mean that do not bet on that game. Cause I feel like that's one where you could lose, you could lose money to your bookie quickly. And Baker Mayfield all of a sudden looks like that 25 to one MVP candidate. That feels like the line a couple weeks ago where the Chiefs and the uh, Lions played, and it was like Chiefs minus like five or six or something like that. And that, that, that felt way too small as well. There was a reason for it. <laughs> the Lions yeah. covered. That seems like the bookie knows something, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Uh, all right, everyone. That is our week six picks in the book. If you have questions, you can hit us up on Twitter or on our website, doubledowntrent.com. We will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent.